to this week's Seagulls Weekly Podcast. We've got, uh, we've got to discuss the Wolverhampton Wanderers game, the Tottenham game, the upcoming Newcastle game, so lots to get through. I'm joined by Steve Bailey once again. Uh, hopefully Ian will be able to join us, but in the meantime we will start with the trip to Molyneux on the weekend, obviously 0-0. Uh, first game since 2003 and 2004, I think it is, that a, a team has not given away a free kick, which was the case with Wolves. Um, the Wolves fans were singing boring, boring at Brighton. Uh, was the game that bad? Uh, <laughs> it, it wasn't a spectacular game. Um, I think Brighton went there, set up to keep a clean sheet. Um, they never really looked like scoring. There was, off the top of my head, I think Kyle had a shot from distance that flew over with about 20 minutes to go. Other than that, you really like scraping the barrel in terms of even really getting in the final third. I can't remember like the many chances to even get the ball into the box. Brighton were more attacking last night at Spurs, but Saturday there was only really going to be one team who was going to win it. But you know, I thought Brighton defended really well, Duncan Duffy especially. Um, they rode their luck a little bit with the Yotta hitting the bar and in the post and you know Ryan somehow keeping out Den Donker's close range shot. But it was what Brighton needed, I think just to stop the run of defeats, um, get the point, move free clear of Cardiff, which means they're going to need two results from their last three games to have a chance of overtaking Brighton. So, yeah, it, it wasn't pretty, but it was effective, I think, from a Brighton point of view. Yeah, uh, I see Ian has joined us in the Brighton Blue. Uh, Ian, good afternoon. Um, Brighton had 32% possession, no shots on target. Did they deserve the point? fixtures and saying Newcastle was the only game they thought we'd get anything out of how like obviously the game wasn't a classic but mm-hmm. how important is that for Brighton to, to get that point I think it's massive um, because you looked at the fixtures and you're almost saying Newcastle's the only one Brighton are going to get anything out of but to get the point and if Brighton can beat Newcastle now it means Cardiff have got to get seven points from their last three games because of because Brighton have got a superior goal difference so 
that point, it could be the one that, that keeps Brighton up as long as Brighton have got to beat Newcastle. That's going to what it's going to boil down to, I think. Yeah. Um, obviously, that game kicks off after Fulham Cardiff's finished on Saturday, so we we'll know roughly where we're going to know where we stand. Um, and then Cardiff obviously got Palace the following week, so that's their view. That is another opportunity to get points. Whereas Brighton have got Arsenal and City, and you know Brighton could defend as well as they have done in the last two games and quite easily lose both of those games because of the attacking quality of of those sides. So I think huge point, but you know it's everyone knew the Newcastle game was going to be huge, and it remains so that Brighton have got to win that game. I think to to stay up. Yeah. What about you, Ian? How important was that in the context of the relegation battle? Well, as Steve said, I mean, it, it, it obviously puts heaps more pressure on Cardiff in terms of having to get the points from these two games against um, Fulham and, and Palace. But I, I, I think from, from our perspective, it was more about just trying to bounce back from two utterly horrendous performances where the players didn't even look as if they'd met each other before, let alone played together. And and, and it was so important that we got back some of that togetherness that is so important. I mean, we've, we've said it so many times, and I think um, the, the players have said it in their interviews, that the, the, the key thing for Brighton teams to succeed is for that team ethic to be there. You know, we, we haven't got any kind of crazy, massive superstar players, but collectively as a team, um, funny enough, I was, I was reading one of the, an Albion book the other day, and, and Danny Cullick was quoted as saying that, that back in 2001, we, we didn't have, I mean, obviously apart from Bobby Zamora, but we didn't have the best players, but we had by far the best team. And I'm not saying we've got the best team now, obviously not, but we needed so badly to get that team collective way of playing. We need to we need to get that back into our lives, if you like. And yes, Newcastle is a vital game on Saturday. Um, slightly worrying that we, we did say that about um, <laughs> Cardiff and Bournemouth, so we've got to be really careful. And I'm not sure that it's a good thing that we will know what happened in the Cardiff game by the time we kick off. I'm, as I say, I'm not sure whether that's a good thing or not, but um, whatever happens, it's an unbelievably important game. It is indeed. Um, we will move on to on to last night's game. Obviously, narrow defeat. Mm-hmm. Like last couple of minutes, Christian Eriksen, as he has so often this season, sets himself outside the box and finds the bottom corner. Uh, Steve is watching. He says, last night was gutting. The team played so well and fought so hard just to lose it right at the end. I mean, it was pretty unfortunate because that was one of the best defensive performances we've had for a long time. Yeah, Brighton were excellent. Um, you know, Dunk was blocking shots, throwing himself in the way, interceptions, heading the ball clear. He, he was outstanding, you know, probably back to the form that saw him getting the England call up in November. Um, I think the last two games he's been excellent. The previous two games he'd maybe not been quite on it. Um, Duffy as well was, was superb, but you know, Spurs were shooting from distance all night, weren't they? And he's on flying high wide and you know, I think Basuma didn't quite get there to, to stop the shot and Stevens and I'm not sure who the other player was were, were both there and, you know, whistled past Stevens foot by I don't know what, about an inch or two. And 
you know, it's, it's unfortunate. There was no chance for Matty Ryan, I don't think. Um, yeah. It was a stunning strike. Um, but from a Brighton point of view, you're almost saying, you know, go on, try your luck from distance. We're, you've had so many attempts that, you know, I, I imagine they'd, be, they'd have been quite happy him shooting from 20, 25 yards. But, you know, even on his wrong foot, it's a yeah. stunning strike. And it was really unfortunate for the way Brighton battled throughout. I thought they set themselves up well, hard, hard to, you know, hard to score against. Mm hard to break down um, and yeah it was it was a shame when, when that went in um, but you saw after that Brighton went for it a little bit more had more of the play in the final third you just think had that goal gone in 20 minutes earlier could Brighton have got an equaliser I don't know you know recent recent form in front of the goal would suggest no um, but it would have been a very good point if, if they had managed to hold on yeah Ian what did you make of the game did did you think we deserved to hold on for the point, or do you think that because Tottenham had so much pressure that it was inevitable in the end? Ian talks about the defensive triumvirate mm-hmm. of Ryan with Duffy and Dunk in front of him. I think Duffy's a lot of people's pick probably mm-hmm. for player of the season. Were they? Yeah. Did you? What did you make of them as a unit compared to perhaps recent weeks and months? Yeah, I think they've got back to their best. Um, you know, I don't know quite what happened. You know, he's conceding five goals to Bournemouth. Um, a Bournemouth side out of form as well was you know just very unlike Brighton I know they had down to 10 men um, but it, it it just wasn't right and then again against Cardiff Cardiff's goals were a little bit too easy um, but no they, they, they're looking back to their best you know putting their bodies on the line you saw some of the defending yesterday with um, the goal scramble where Dunk I think twice blocked shots and 
just on the stroke of half time, Duffy got back on the line and yeah. you know showed his desire to, to clear the ball um, off the line. I think even though Ryan got a hand to it, um, yeah, they're, they're looking. I mean, they've got to continue to defend like that. Um, be interesting to see what Chris Ewan does with the fullbacks because obviously they've changed the last couple of games. Um, but no, they've they've been excellent, and you know Ryan made a couple of one outstanding save at, at Wolves on Saturday and a couple of decent ones. And I'm trying to think. Last night there was there's a couple of good saves, but I don't I think the defence in front of him stopped like too many shots uh, raining down on him. Yeah, Ian, were you surprised by the lineup because on paper you might have expected like Solly March to play, for example. A lot of people expected Kyle to play. Were you surprised by the midfield and the, like, the stacking trio? Uh, yes, very. Um, as you say, I mean, we we talked a lot this season about how much Chris Hewton trusts players like Solly Narch to do their defensive duty, and, and if ever there was a game that needed players to do their defensive duty, it, it was last night's game. And, and yeah, to see Johanna Vak, Zakadia, and Donny Basuma in the side, you think, you know, has he has he kind of lost his mind slightly? And, and thinking that maybe he's just going completely gung-ho in terms of the, the free hit, because I think, irrespective of the result last night, the requirement for us on Saturday is still the same. And, and when, the, when the team came out, I, I think, on the face of it, if it was anyone other than Tottenham, you'd think, well, yeah, that's a very positive way of looking at things. But, <coughs> excuse me, but the players that did come in did, did really well. I mean, I think... It was good to see Duncan Duffy get their positional understanding back because I think the, the problems we've seen in recent weeks has been with one or both of them being maybe caught out of position, whereas last night you had one of them doing the usual kind of lunging in at all costs to get the ball, but the other one was perfectly positioned to tidy up the ricochet, and, and that's what's been lacking, I think. But also, the, the four, I mean, I, I really like Bernardo. I think he's, he's a terrific player, but... I think Montoya and Bernardo did well out wide defensively as well, just making sure that, that Tottenham didn't have... Because Tottenham are so good at, at bombing forward with Trippier and, and Rose, so it was good to see them doing their, doing their work as well. So, um, yeah, surprising, but, but good. Really sorry about that. <laughs> it is live. These things happen. Um, last, last night on... Radio 5 Live, mm-hmm. Ian Wright was critical of Baram Kyle, saying that, see, moments before the goal came, he broke forward and instead mm-hmm. of slowing down for a teammate, he had a wild shot, it was nowhere near the goal, and then that led to it, and he said in his day, he did something similar and got pinned up against a wall by, by his captain or someone at the time. Was that a fair criticism of him? I don't think so. Um... You know, it he he broke pretty quickly, and the problem is if he stops and tries to hold on to the ball, there was, yeah, in memory I think there was you know at least two, maybe three Tottenham defenders or players around him, and he could stop, try and hold the ball up, and he loses it anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's any harm in having a shot and blazing it over the bar because you can you still got time to set up, get in position because it's a it's a um goal kick to Tottenham so I don't think that's a fair criticism um, you know from a Brighton fans perspective imagine if he had held it up got tackled lost the ball and then Spurs broken scored anyway I think 
you know, Brighton didn't have that many chances or shots at goal, so you know, mm. why not yeah. have a have a go? And you know, if you don't shoot, you're not going to score. And Brighton haven't had many opportunities recently, so I, I think he was justified in having a go because it opened up a little bit, 22 yards out, and you know, on another day maybe <laughs> yeah. he'd have whistled in the top <laughs> corner. Yeah. Um, we will move on to the Newcastle game. Rick Gonzalez is watching. Uh, he says, given the fairly recent home results against Southampton, Bournemouth and Cardiff, and Man United's recent job in form, where Cardiff played them on the final day, aren't you slightly worried that the footballing gods are trying to drag this out until the final whistle of the final game? Well, considering we're playing City on the final day, mm-hmm. I really hope not. Mm-hmm. But do you think it will go that far? Uh, it could, I think it could do. Um, you'd like to think that... You, you, in a ideal world, Brighton will have a three-point cushion to Cardiff going into the last day and it will be pretty much job done because of the goal difference. But if it's only a point or two, which it could well be, yeah, it, it will be nervy. You look at how United have played recently and yeah, you'd like to think they'd still have enough to, to beat Cardiff, but they might not be able to finish in the top four by then. Does that mean Solskjaer looks at giving some fringe players a go, some young players an opportunity? I don't know. Um, you wouldn't bet against Cardiff. I don't think they'd win there, but if they needed a point, I could see that they maybe getting a point there. Yeah. Ian, are we going all the way? Do we need Glenn Murray to stop City winning the title to keep us up? Please don't do that to Ian. He can't handle it. Um, so, move, looking forward to Saturday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Cardiff play at three o'clock. Um, they play Fulham away. Uh, do you expect big changes to last night's team? Because, like we said, it yeah. was more attacking than normal on paper. Do you think we'll keep that? Um, I think Murray and March will come back in. Um, wouldn't surprise me if the fullbacks changed again. Um, just... I think the most important thing for Saturday is to get the clean sheet. Yeah. So I think Bruno, Duffy Dunk, Bong, it wouldn't surprise me if that was the back four. Um, and then midfield, I think Stevens, um, um, Basuma and Gross. Um, I think March will come in. Um, Izquierdo, I think, was probably rested last night to come in for, for Saturday and Murray up top. Um, so I think... Yeah, I think it'll be more and more changes, I think, than on Saturday. And I think you go back to the 
the, the majority of the players who have worked so hard, like Saturday Wolves, yeah. worked so hard to get the team into the Premier League, or who worked so hard to keep them there last year. Yeah, Ian, are you expecting a similar lineup, or do you think there'll be more changes? I think Floyd Andone was the only person who didn't think he was going to get another mm. yellow card. Um, Newcastle don't have anything to play for. They take a similar defensive first approach. Do you think this is a game Brighton can be a bit more expressive because they're not necessarily going to be against someone who's trying to open up against them? Yeah, I think so. Um, there's doubts over Shaw, who has been one of Newcastle's best performers this season. Almiron is out. Almiron's out. Um, yeah, I think... Brighton have got to be a little bit more attacking because they need to score, don't they? They've got to, they've got to really win this game. A draw isn't the worst result, but if Cardiff have won at Fulham, then a draw isn't probably good enough. When you look at the last two games, Arsenal and City, and I, you know, I don't think Brighton are going to get anything from those two games, even if they play to their full potential and defend for their lives. So, um, yeah, I think it's an opportunity. Newcastle already save, you know, question marks over whether Benitez is going to be there next yeah. season. Um, yeah, go for it a little bit more. And, you know, one player we haven't mentioned is Knockart. Will he come <laughs> back in? But it's a, it's a possibility because he is one of the more creative players. Um, I think he's certainly been in the squad. Um, I think if, you know, things have worked out differently, Chris Hewitt might well have said, you know what, you're not playing again this season. But needs must and... I think you've got to play your best players and here come into the reckoning as well. So, But I think March, Izquierdo or Knockout, whichever two of the three play, yeah, they've, they've just got to be on the front foot a little bit more, which is why I think maybe it'll be Bruno and Bong at the back just for that bit more stability. Yeah. Ian, do you think Knockout will be in the starting 11? What would you do?
one-to-one conversations that I'm sure they've been having over the last week or so as to what Knockhart's frame of mind is, because obviously we want him to come back feeling as if he's got something to prove to his colleagues, the manager, and obviously the fans. Um, but by the same token, we don't want him going completely berserk and charging around all over the place and getting himself sent off for yet another lunge. So it's it's going to be difficult. But I think irrespective of what happens in the Cardiff-Fulham game, and it goes back to what I was saying earlier, that in a way it's not a good thing that we're playing after them because if, let's just say, Fulham win, then I still think we, we still need to go out and try and get a result against Newcastle because we need that to sort of put everything beyond all doubt. Um, but if Fulham do win, then that might kind of change the, the way the players think about it. So I, it, I'm, I don't like the fact that the, the kickoffs are staggered, but um, we, we've, got to get, we've got to score Saturday. We've got to score. And um, certainly at times last night, you were wondering where the next goal's ever going to come from, let alone in the next 90-odd minutes. But um, yeah, we've got to find some goals from somewhere. Well, in the last seven games, we've had four, five, six, seven shots on target. So de- something definitely needs to change. Yeah. Um, must win, yes or no? Yes. Ian, must win, yes or no? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> okay, we will move on to our predictions now. We will start with that game. So if you say must win, will they? I'm going to say Brighton are going to grind out a 1-0. <laughs> um, I don't think it'll be pretty, but, you know... Who cares? At the end of the day, Brighton have got to win. I think clean sheets the first first and foremost. Worst case then is nil-nil and a point, which could be crucial depending on what happens with Cardiff. But I think that they're going to end their way in front of goal and, and score score one. Ian? I'm going to say 2-0 to Brighton, a goal with five minutes remaining in the first half and five minutes remaining in the second half, just to make it a bit edgy. Uh, Rick says 2-1 to Brighton and Steve says Brighton to draw, which I don't like the sound of that. Uh, then the other big game as far as Brighton concerned, Fulham hosts Cardiff. What do you think there? Um, I think Fulham have picked up now they've been relegated, so <laughs> I am more in hope than expectation <laughs> saying that Fulham are going to win 2-1. 2-1. Ian? I think it's going to be a really open game because Fulham got no reason mm-hmm. to defend. Cardiff have to win it. So I'm going to say 2 all. Uh, in the comments, Steve says a draw and uh, Rick Gonzalez says 2 1 to Cardiff. What are you doing, Rick? <laughs> Why are you doing this to us, Rick? Uh, elsewhere, Burnley hosts Man City. Uh, Ian, why don't you go first with this one? tonight, but I, I can't see them 
4-0. Do you think it'll be that convincing? I don't think it'll be that convincing, but I think City will win. I'm going 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. I'm going to say 2-1. Uh, in the comments, Steve says Man City to win. Um, next up, the other title contender, Liverpool. They face the long-departed Huddersfield. <laughs> uh, also, Rick says he's a Depple fan. He's learnt to never go with his heart over his head. <laughs> well, that's not what we do here, Rick. Um <laughs> Yeah, Liverpool Huddersfield, how do you think uh, that will go? I think it could it could almost be how many. I'm gonna go four nil, but I could see it being more. Four nil. Ian, any advance on four? Five nil. Uh I also think four nil and also I think we're gonna end up with the ridiculous situation of someone missing out on the title on ninety seven points yeah. this season, which is yeah. just insane. Uh Rick says City will win 3-1, and uh, it's not not put score for Liverpool yet, but Steve agrees that uh, Liverpool will thrash mm-hmm. Huddersfield. Yeah. And finally, a replay of the FA Cup semi-final, Watford against Wolves. How do you, do you think that? I am going to say that Wolves are going to get a little bit of payback and yeah. win 2-1. 2-1. I think it'll be 2-1, but to Watford, I don't think they'll get their revenge. Uh, oh, Rick says 4-0 to Liverpool as well. Um, Ian, what do you think? Will... Uh, Will Wolves avenge their defeat? Um, no, but I don't think they'll lose either, so I've gone one all. One all. Uh, Watford, Steve says, will beat Wolves, and Rick's not put a score in yet, but I'm sure he will do in a second. Uh, see, Brighton play Newcastle at half five on Saturday. You can follow mm-hmm. all of Steve's build-up on the Brighton Hove Independent website at brightonhoveindependent.co.uk. Follow Twitter for live updates at Brighton Indy. And we've got this Seagulls Weekly pull-out in the Worthing Howard every week. So until then, thank you very much for joining us, Ian. Thank you for the guys in the comments. Rick says tool in the Watford Wolves game, by the way. Steve, thank you very much. Thank you. And, yeah, so Seagulls Weekly will be back next week. And if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening and good night.